I was a kid when Elton John's sad song, Say So Much, first came out. I remember being so impressed that a local strip mall in my town was being cameoed in one of Sir Elton's songs. When he came on the radio, I crooned along with him. Tano Mall, Tano Mall, turn on those sad songs. Indeed, when all hope is gone, I could at least rely on my local strip mall to ensure that it was tuning in and turning them on. Fast forward a couple of decades when I caught a clue that my town was really just a dot on the map and no, Sir Elton was not paying homage to it or giving it a nod for being the place where sad songs were played appropriately. The correct lyrics, as it turns out, are simply turn them on, not Tano Mall. About this time, I started to think about what other songs I had mistaken the lyrics for, like CCR's Bad Moon Rising. Yeah, they weren't saying there's a bathroom on the right, but I will be darned if that didn't compute since I was always at the ballpark when I heard it and the bathrooms were always on the right. Other songs that fell into my well, this makes sense, Webb included Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer. I was sure that he was saying it doesn't matter if we're naked or not. I mean, that is how destitute they were. Tommy was that down on his luck. And well, Gina's diner job was not making the ends meet. I get it, man. It's tough. So tough. On today's episode of Think Significantly, we're going to talk about the things we mishear, why we mishear them, and what we can do to prevent such things from happening in the first place. Hello, hello, everyone. I'm Melissa, and I am joined by my percipient co-host, Pete. A good day to you, kind sir. Hello, everybody. Glad to be here. <clears throat> you know, I have no idea how this topic ever made our list of things to talk about. But as I've been thinking about things that I've misheard, my list has certainly grown about why this would be important. Well, I cannot wait to hear what is on your list. And I hope that I am not alone in thinking that the Dire Straits were getting their chips for free. <laughs> right, as opposed to their chicks, right? Exactly. Don't, hey, don't, don't stress about that one. Chips for free makes a whole heck of a lot more sense. That was my sole reason for going to Chili's in my younger years. Mine too, but not Dire Straits, apparently. You know, they were getting something else for free. So I'm on board with you. So as we were uh, preparing for this episode, I, I quickly realized that this doesn't just happen with song lyrics. Mm. <clears throat> Regular words and phrases aren't safe from this happening. Take all intents and purposes. How many times have you heard people say, for all intensive purposes? Too many to count. And dude, I have seen that in print. Exactly, exactly. And, and what about um, another thing coming? As in, if you think you're staying out past curfew, you've got another thing coming, Buster? I, I feel like when you say that, you're about to end it with my full birth name, and it kind of gives me chills. <laughs> I would never. But to your point, what's the real phrase? You you have another think coming, right? That's right. Yeah. I mean, but that actually sounds like the jacked up phrase. Who has another think coming? Well, I I feel like like you should as part of this podcast. Isn't isn't that our whole goal here? I did not even think of that. Yes, I guess that's pretty much our mission statement. Everybody, may you have another think coming for the rest of your natural born lives. <laughs> Yes. Nice. Nice. That was your best fairy godmother uh, voice. I love it. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you if you uh, saw this, but these things that we're talking about, they have a name. Do they really? They, they absolutely do. They're called egg horns. Are you saying egg horns? I am. 
Pete, what the hell is an egg horn? <laughs> What's an egg horn? <laughs> you mean you mean besides the name for when mistaken formations of words or phrases are used in a seemingly logical or plausible way? I mean, yeah, besides that. Well, egg horn <laughs> is what you get when people mishear acorn. Oh, stop. No, I'm serious. I mean, right. as as someone from Jersey, I think <laughs> I think that when I say acorn and egghorn, they sound incredibly similar. So I'm trying very hard to enunciate between the two, but yes, I am dead serious. All right, well, since we are firmly in learning mode, um, my examples in the beginning also have a name. Mm. They're called mondegreens. Oh. And it is when you completely change the meaning of the word or phrase with your mishearing. Like, although it makes a lot of sense in your head, like CCR in their bathrooms on the right. What in the world is a mondegreen? Okay, so this is going to blow your mind. Like, blow your mind. All right. <laughs> the term mondegreen is in itself a mondegreen. Oh, the definition, the word using itself in the definition, that's bad form, but go Hashtag ahead. Hashtag meta. So <laughs> in November of 1954, Sylvia Wright, who's an American writer, published a piece in Harper's where she admitted that when she was a wee lass. Her mother would read to her from the relics of ancient English poetry, which was a 1765 book of popular poems and ballads. And and what mother doesn't read to their child from a book from 1765? I know, I know my mother probably did. Right? Yes. As she <laughs> right, exactly. As she <laughs> as she beat out the uh your rugs with that like metal thing. <laughs> yes. Right, yes, exactly. Right. While in full regalia, right? Hoop skirting all in bottom. <laughs> yes. As Jersey mothers often do. Right. Yes, yes. yes. Absolutely. Right. Um, well, it gets even it gets even tastier because listen to this. Sylvia had a favorite verse as the story goes. <laughs> I can't even. Anyways, uh yeah. So she had a favorite verse and it began with the lines, ye highlands and ye lowlands, where hae ye been? They hae slain the Earl of Murray and Lady Mondegreen. Oh, uh, are you going to tell me now that they did not slay Lady Mondegreen? They did not. In fact, there is no Lady Mondegreen. The oh, no. line is that they hae slain the Earl of Murray and laid him on the green. And all that time, Sylvia was bemoaning Lady Mondegreen's death. Yes, because she misheard the words from that her favorite book of poetry and her favorite yes right, mine. Right, that's right. exactly right well, i don't even know what to do about that except to to talk about how this happened so that maybe we can prevent unfortunate fictitious deaths in the future only you can prevent <laughs> unfortunate fictitious deaths in the future yes that sounds like a good starting place is any uh why don't we kick this off with a quick lesson on hearing i'm i'm absolutely in all right so hearing is actually a two-step process there's the auditory perception part. That's when the sound waves make their way through your ear and into the auditory cortex of your brain. Sure, that's the, the, the physics part of it. Right. And then there is the meaning making, and that is when your brain takes the noise and determines its significance. That was a car horn, or that was a dog barking, or that was the Amazon truck at the front door, right? <laughs> that's, yeah, I was just going to say that that would make sense. That's, that would the, make sense. that's the part where your brain is interpreting what the noise is and what it represents. Right. And it's right between these two phases where communication breaks down 
and you end up getting something different than what someone said. Sure, you hear you hear the same acoustic information that everyone else is hearing, but your brain doesn't interpret it the same way. That exactly. But the killer part is that nobody really knows why this happens. Well, I mean, we could probably puzzle some of this out logically. It, it's it's noisy. Uh, you can't see a person's mouth moving when they say it. Uh, well, like for with the lyrics, when we hear songs on the radio, we we lack the visual cue to help us process what's being said. Sure. And other times the misperceptions come from how the speech is delivered. So a message delivered in an unfamiliar accent mm -hmm. can cause someone to mishear it, like mm -hmm. you with your Jersey accent. <laughs> yeah. Right. God knows, um, God knows people call them, yeah, it's like speaking to Mushmouth with me sometimes. I'm like, acorn, acorn, <laughs> what? Foghorn, leghorn? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. And I'm just like, that, Pete. <laughs> yeah, it, it can also be when a message is delivered in an unfamiliar context, which is exactly what's happening in that home or, or even with a song, because you lack that usual structure of stresses and inflections that give you context clues as to what's being said. Sure. Yeah. And, and, and if the cadence is different than what we are used to, that can also cause us to miss here. So to your point, different languages have different principles of inflection and, and syllabification, which is how syllables are stressed. Syllabification. Yes, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. That was my, that was my uh, linguistic gymnastics for the week. That was well done. Yes. Thank it's you. almost as if our speech is like the cursive of the communication world, because we tend to loop words together. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. Human speech, uh, you, it occurs without breaks. Uh, we don't generally pause between words to signal the transition between one word ending and another beginning. And I, and I think that uh, for a lot of us, we, we, when we hear foreign languages, that's how they sound, that, that it's hard to break their words apart. Mm -hmm. And it's equally, you know, you have to imagine that you know, you flip that script, it's the same for them listening to us. There is no definite break between our words. Right. And uh, for all you listeners out there, a little insider baseball for you. Pete edits all of our episodes. And I can <laughs> tell you, Pete doesn't even know in English when, in, when we, after talking, start a word, end a word, what have you. No, right. I, yeah, I will tell you that, that the process of editing these episodes is incredibly difficult because there is never a break. <laughs> there is never a break. Yes, there you go. So we really, uh, aside from the podcast, we really only learn when one word stops and another word uh, begins over time. And that's usually because of a host of verbal cues. And when things that should be clear are ambiguous, our brains do their best to resolve the ambiguity. Which is what we talked about in episode 10, right? That's not how I remember it. Right. But in that episode, we were talking about how the mind fills in the gaps when it's recollecting something. Yes, yes. Similar ideas for sure. The, the common thread being that we are just trying to make sense out of something that doesn't quite add up. And just so we don't think that our minds are on some wild tear, just making stuff up, I would like to point, point out that sometimes oronyms are causing monograms. <laughs> you know... <laughs> If I, if I didn't know better, if I didn't know that you weren't a science fiction fan, I would wonder what part of Middle Earth you were taking me to with these words. 
right? But, but yeah. go ahead, please tell me about the, the orcs and the oronyms and the, the mondegreens, please. Yes. Well, an oronym is a word string okay. in which the phonetic sounds can be divided in multiple logical ways. And this is how we end up with all of the other reindeer. It's not really a mangling as much as it is an incorrect parsing out of sounds because we just lack the context. Uh, I see. I see. Because all of the other reindeers is as plausible as all of the other reindeer, which leads me to the fact that we are way more likely to select a word or phrase that we're familiar with. That's a phenomenon known as Zip's Law, mm -hmm. which is why a lot of people mistake Jimi Hendrix, excuse me while I kiss the sky for excuse me while I kiss this guy. Unless, of course, you're part of the crew for the next mission to Mars, and then kissing the sky might make more sense to you than for us feeble earth dwellers here who are just, you know, relegated to kissing guys. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah, sure. I mean, with so much that could go awry, it's, it's almost crazy that we end up getting things right, isn't it? It really is. So why don't we take this opportunity to pivot and talk about what we can do to save off mishearings? Considering that we have, we have only touched on these odd brain things that are going on, and haven't even begun to discuss how we actively thwart hearing things correctly. I think that is a wise move. And to your point, Pete, you're right. We engage in all sorts of tomfoolery that inhibits <laughs> receiving the messages that are sent. So let's kick this off with first establishing that hearing and listening are different. That is as good a spot as any. That's correct. So, so hearing is a, is a passive, unconscious process. Our, our ears hear automatically. Right. We do not need to say engaging and hearing in three, two, one. Right. Exactly. But listening, conversely, does involve a conscious effort. We often have to actively engage our listening ears before we receive a message. I'm going to surmise that we often hear when we should be listening. You know, it's, that's, a, uh, that's an astute observation. And it's funny that you should mention that. that here's a little trivia for you. Did you know that we cannot listen and work on other tasks at the same time? We, we can hear and multitask, but we cannot listen. I totally believe that because first of all, there's no such thing as multitasking anyway. It's actually switch tasking. We just fool ourselves into thinking that we can do two things or more at one time. And, and, and to that point, another reason why we aren't good listeners is that we are very distracted not just by other tasks that are cannibalizing our attention, but also by our phones, the environment around us, uh, fear of missing out on what's going on outside the window, who's knocking at the door, you know, what messages I just get on, on email, and even, even the speed by which we verbally communicate with each other. Are you insinuating that we talk too fast that people can't keep up? No, on, on the contrary. Uh, it, it's, it's actually that we're communicating too slowly for our brains. The average American speaks at a rate of 125 words per minute, but our brains process information at such high rates of speed that it causes our attention to drift to more interesting things. You have got to stop because, so I teach, you know that, and people mm -hmm. have been like, can you slow down? And I'm like, what? And I'm thinking, oh, you just, all right, I'll slow it down. And I don't feel like I'm moving at too fast of a clip, but of course I'm used to the speed at which I, I, I'm speaking. Well, and, and this is an interesting little caveat to, to that uh, scenario is they're not asking, I don't believe that they're asking to slow down because they're not processing what you're saying. I believe it's because they're trying to take notes. 
that's what's, you know, I think, I think that that's, that's the process that you need to speak slower for their brains are moving at a much faster rate than than their hands can, can process that information. Yeah. That's probably what's going on there. I appreciate you being their advocate. Yeah. I will let them know that they can include you in do, the post-course survey. Do, yeah, do people still take notes in school? I'm not even sure. I, I don't know. Dude, I teach math. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, that, that's nice and all Pete. I appreciate yeah, this, but yeah. are they really taking notes? I don't right. know. How hard uh, is it anyways. to write X equals, right? Yeah, back to the but, topic. You're right, so, uh, right. Even if someone is rattling off at an auctioneer's pace, you're saying what you're saying to me is that it is akin to them speaking in slow motion, according to our brains, because they can process the data so much faster. Yeah, pretty much. Right. I I believe that's why studies have shown people prefer listening to audio mediums like podcasts at about. 1.4 times the speed of normal speech. I did not know that to the other day, by the way. I didn't even know that was an option. So, I, so here I've been like slogging through hour long podcasts and it could have been an hour and, you know, like less than an hour is what I'm right, saying. Right, 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 faster, yes. Yeah, so what's the solution here? We should all try talking faster unless you're in my class. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like those guys at the radio ads who are trying to get in all that fine print before the 30 second spot concludes. No, I, I don't think that that's the answer, right? We, we can't all be like Eminem on his track Godzilla, uh, but I do have a list of suggestions here. All right. Well, let's hear them pun totally intended. I think you mean, let's give them a listen. Touche Pete, touche. All right. Uh, yes. So here are some suggestions on how to bridge that speech brain processing gap. Okay. You can work to summarize the points that the speaker is making in your head. Okay, that's part of active listening. That makes sense to me. Oh, oh wait, I'm just supposed to do that just in my head. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. So you can you can also assess what the speaker is saying. Is it logical? Is the evidence being used by the speaker sound? Does the message line up with our life experience or the experiences we believe the speaker had? Are there facts that we can reference to pinpoint times, places, people, events? Essentially, can we frame it in a way that makes sense to us? If they're trying to persuade me, do they know the topic well and have they done their research? Oh, this is almost like mental validity and reliability and research. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in a way, I'm kind of like, I, I'm assessing what the speaker's saying. I'm, I'm grading them, if you will. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. I, remember, you were doing this to occupy your overactive brain so that you absorb more of their message. Which seems nuts, but go on. Yes. <clears throat> you can also listen between the lines. And, and what I mean by that is to not just focus on what's being said, but how things are being said. The tone and the pace of the speech and all of the nonverbal cues, such as facial expressions, body language, eye contact. All of which I could add to my checklist of how well the speaker is speaking. Well, it's really so that you get a more robust picture of what's being communicated to, to fill in those gaps. And to your point about what is being said and how it is being said, I might as well go hog wild here, ruminate on what is not being said. Because sometimes people say more in what they're not saying than what they're actually saying. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're onto something with that. But, but wait, I've got, I've got one more for you. And, I, and I'm almost hesitant to mention it. Well, you have to share it now. Once you put it out into the universe like that, Pete, there are no take backs. Okay. Okay. There it goes. We should try to anticipate where the communication is heading to. That is, 
we should try to forecast the conclusion. Maybe I don't understand what you're saying. Are you saying we should just mentally fast forward to the very end of the conversation and draw our own conclusions? And then what? Wait for the speaker to finish up and see how close we came to what actually happened? What's what's the purpose here? See, this is this is why I didn't really want to put it out there, but but to answer your question specifically, the last one in your question bundle that you sent. Uh, <laughs> The purpose of these tips and tricks is to, to bridge that gap between how fast people speak and how fast our brains process. Oh, Pete, I gotta say that I think that we should consider why it is that we feel like we have to kowtow to our brains at the expense of being what I would define as a good listener. Take your first suggestion. We can summarize the points that the speaker is making in your head, right? Cool. Mm -hmm. Why don't we take that little list we formulated and reflect back to the speaker with a, what I hear you saying is to check in. Oh, totally. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, and this is going to, this is going to sound weird, but I'm not necessarily on board with that last suggestion myself, because one of the first things that you come across uh, being a good listener is the revelation that we are often too busy formulating what it is that we are going to say next, that we don't listen as well as we should. Yeah, I'm definitely guilty of this. And I have to say, um, in my defense, it's not done in an ego-driven way. Like I have the beat and all good things to say as much as I'm just trying to demonstrate that I am hearing what they're saying by actively engaging the conversation, by doing my part to be, you know, like a co-redder, if you will. Yeah. And, and to go back to something you said earlier, while I, while I don't know that we want to speculate as to why our brains process this fast, you know, is it, is it how we've always been or is it more of a modern day phenomenon exacerbated by how fast we are taking in data on the daily? I do think there is merit in talking about ways that we can purely be better listeners. As opposed to some hacks that honestly are probably tackling some other issue like our inability to focus solely on the person speaking to us. Sure, right. Right. We can, we can definitely share characteristics of good listeners and pro tips on becoming a better listener. And there are merits to these before we have to do all these brain contortions just to stay engaged with the person speaking to us. I do acknowledge the fact that we might be more prone to not being focused on a single task. I am not just trying to dismiss that as something that people are choosing to do, but I do think that there are some rudimentary things that we can do that are baseline before we have to go through all of these machinations that you're bringing up earlier, like the forecasting, whatever the conclusion you think the speaker is going to land on. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I want to say that I think there might be, uh, we might need to put an asterisk on those earlier suggestions. Mm -hmm. like, like they might be more appropriate or, or more useful in certain situations over others. Like, you know, if I'm in a business meeting trying to uh, assume the conclusion of what is being said may be more useful than when I'm catching up with a friend that I haven't seen in more than a year. Mm -hmm. I would agree that there are definitely, that there definitely is probably a time and a place for those strategies. And I also acknowledge that my listening skills are influenced by how fatigued I am and mm, my sure. interest in the topic at hand. And to your point, my relationship with the speaker, like how long it's been since I've seen that friend. Um, so indeed they might be good strategies if my pure intention is to be a better listener, but I'm struggling. So I'm going to borrow a phrase that I know you use a decent amount, and that is that it's important to set the proverbial table when you're going to have a conversation with someone. 
you want to you want to prepare for it. That that includes eliminating distractions like cell phones and and even physical objects that might be distracting. Like uh, a Newton's cradle on your desk. <laughs> exactly like that. Is exactly yes. like that. Um, it includes consciously committing to listening when the other person is speaking. It includes taking a moment before starting the conversation to clear your mind of distracting thoughts so that you can focus on what's being said. Oh, I definitely like that. That reminds me of yoga and bringing intentionality to your practice. Yeah, that's a that's actually a great example because it because that's a, 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 a discipline or a, or a practice that that is focused on being present. Absolutely. So in this instance, you're committing to the conversation. You are being a good faith conversationalist, as you have said to me before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and to that end, in the name of being a good listener in that conversation, you can and should ask curious questions in response to what was just said. And ask open-ended questions, I would imagine, right? right? This way you're showing that you're engaged in the topic and you're also working to advance that conversation. Yeah, that's great advice. And, and, and wait for that natural lull in the conversation to interject with your open-ended questions. Oh, hashtag natch. Yeah, yeah. you got to wait until the traffic parts before you merge. Hello. <laughs> right. That's a great, that's a great uh, metaphor. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say that you, you want to avoid the temptation to interrupt talk over or finish sentences for the person speaking. But but yes, I love the traffic metaphor. Um, you know what goes hand in glove with that is, is keeping your feelings and biases in check when we are listening. It, it's so easy to lead with heart and not head when something we've heard strikes a chord, but it's a definite deterrent when it comes to good listening. Harder to do in practice than in theory, for sure. Um, and I've got one last bit of wise counsel here. That's tangential uh, okay. to what you just said. Uh-huh. And that is uh, focus on finding the meaning in what's being communicated. If we can process the why behind the what, then that will help us keep our emotions from getting the best of us. And will also keep us engaged in the conversation because the goal is to lean into the conversation and try to absorb as much as you can about what you're being told. You know, it's, it's funny that you should bring that up. Did, did you know that research shows that people forget up to 50% of what they just heard eight hours later. And after two months, the average person retains only 25% of what they heard. So are you saying that we forget more in the first eight hours after listening to someone speak than we do in the following six months? That's That was some ridiculously fast math you did right there. Well, uh, I, well I tried to slow it down so you could take notes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That, that actually wasn't that hard of a math, but yeah, I, I, I appreciate I, the nod. Yes. I didn't, I didn't carry the one, so I wasn't there with you yet. So. Yeah. Um, well, it's new math. They teach it completely <laughs> differently these days. Oh, right. Yes. So, uh, but I, you know, I'll take kudos where I can get it. So, um, <laughs> you know what I am curious about? Whether it's, whether it's octopi or octopuses. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think we already figured that one out. Okay. Uh, listener land is <laughs> It's octopuses. All yeah. right, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, well, I was curious about that, but now currently I am curious as to what little tidbits we choose to hang on to. Like, what are those things that take up shelf space six months later on? What do we archive? Yeah, that's you know that's a, that would be a fascinating uh, deep dive into into some research on that. Uh, but I would prefer not to pontificate on something that I really know I'd, I'd be purely speculating on at this point. Mm-hmm. I think we'll have to, 
we'll have to put that on a list of, of future podcast topics. Let's do that. Besides, I'm betting it's about time we relinquish our audience's attention so they can get on with other tasks on their agenda today. Want to wrap us up? Absolutely. Melissa and I would love to continue this discussion with you all on social media. We'd love to hear other song lyrics or sayings that you've misheard or that you know others have misheard. We'd also be interested in what works for you when you really want to listen to someone. Is there a tip that we didn't share that you think would be useful for others to know? Reach out and share it with us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ThinkSigPod and on Facebook and LinkedIn by searching for Think Significantly. If you enjoyed our conversation, please invite your curious friends to listen. Pete and I will be back next week to tackle another thought-provoking topic. And until then, we encourage everyone to think significantly about the world around you. Na 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 na